We are back. The Blue Bloods are here after a wild week 15, man. Uh, I, I know y- y'all already know Brandon's going to act a fool today. USC oh had the comeback. LSU had the upset of the year. Oklahoma State won. I mean, I don't think Brandon could have had a better weekend other than maybe his pick six record, but he doesn't care. You can't kill his vibe this episode. And we got breaking news on the podcast. Gus Malzahn's gone, so you can't kill my vibe either. This is going to be (laughs) the most fun episode that we have had in two seasons. I I believe this is what's episode 29 of season two. We are rolling here on the Blue Bloods, guys. We're going to recap pick six. We had a cancellation, so it's actually six games. We tried to go big for y'all, but COVID didn't let us. Then we got some storylines. We talked Gus Malzahn being let go from Auburn, how Vandy found their future in South Bend, and, of course, we got to give our college football playoff outlook after week 15, which has shifted drastically. We had a lot of questions and answers this week, guys, and I told y'all what was going to happen I was going to let Brandon take control of the music if LSU won. So we got a special intro and outro of this episode. So Brandon, go ahead and kick this episode off. Guys, we're going to start with a beatdown, a blowout, a just an absolutely embarrassing performance down in Waco by the home team. The Baylor Bears beat 42-3, to Brandon, and Oklahoma State made us look like complete liars for thinking Baylor might even have a slight chance at this game. No, Zach, the only upside in this one is that the under still hit, um, because that's because the over-under was set at 49 for this game. Uh, and the, apparently Baylor is only allowed to kick one field goal. And thank God they only let up 42 points in this one because well, I thought we were all done for um, when it came to the, to the under. Um, one thing I will say, Zach, is that I'm a little shocked by Oklahoma State's performance, especially after Chuba Hubbard decided that he was going to opt out for the rest of the season. But apparently they don't have much to, to worry about because they just apparently have running backs on deck. Yeah, I mean, Dominic Richardson – for his first action of the year, put up 170 yards rushing and three touchdowns, Brandon. I know. It, he averaged it, – it's so crazy. Um, 
because over the season, you know, he only has 209 total yards. This game, obviously, <laughs> 169. And he averaged seven yards a carry, 7.3 yards a carry in this game. I mean, that's insane. Now, you know, you look at those numbers and you see Oklahoma State, you think, oh, Chuba Hubbard, maybe. No, no, he hasn't done this well all season. And the true freshman has to step up and, and do some big things. Yeah, absolutely. And on the receiving end, they also didn't have Tylen Wallace. And look at what Dylan Stoner did, who's usually a third, fourth option for this team. Eight catches, 250, averaged 31 yards a catch, Brandon, and had three touchdowns. I mean, normally we can chalk up uh, Baylor's losses to their uh, to their lack of offense. I mean, we all saw what Charlie Brewer put up this weekend. He only went 13 for 26, 68 total yards. The running game was non-existent. Uh, so there was a lack of offense. But, I mean, where was the defense in this one? Because they were just giving up all kind of yards. Um, Spencer Sanders put up 347 passing yards. And he had yeah. nearly as many completions to Baylor's team as Charlie Brewer did. So I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> it was a bad look. And I mean, Brandon, when you're starting quarterback, Charlie Brewer, this game put up a, a six QBR. That's, that's tough. A six. He averaged 2.6 yards per pass. Yeah. That's so bad. Did they just throw screens the whole game? I, I mean, I don't think so. I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, he, he's reminding me of Drew Brees in his later days, just throwing slants. <laughs> Slant boy. Um, but, I mean, this Oklahoma State defense, man, you got to give them props, Brandon. We've been talking about how good they are and what their potential is, and I think they showed it. I mean, four sacks, 13 tackles for loss, Brandon. Right. And another seven quarterback hurries. They absolutely shut down the Bears' offense. I mean, they allowed 12 first downs, only four third-down conversions, 150 yards of total offense, and they allowed under 86 yards passing and rushing. Right. And, I mean, it, it. you know what's crazy is that it feels like Oklahoma State took their foot off the gas in this one because their first – How could I mean, you blame them? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I might have I might have just gone ahead and embarrassed Baylor even more. I mean – you got to do something at this point. I mean, you have apparently have a two loss. You apparently have a two loss Iowa State team that's like playoff bound. So I mean, go ahead and put up as many points as you want. Go show that's go true. show the committee that you that you deserve to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Do something. Yeah, I think I think they made a statement. I mean, we'll get to a team in a few games that really made a statement and really just wanted to embarrass their opponent and did some disrespectful things. <laughs> um. But you know, I'm impressed with Spencer Sanders. Yes, the turnovers continued, but I think I think that's just what we're gonna get, Brandon. We're gonna get a guy who makes mistakes, but he also has to he's just so good at making plays that you can't bench him. There's not another option. There's not another quarterback on that roster that can do what Spencer Sanders can do at his best. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's not like he had a bad game. I mean, he he passed for like I said, three almost 350 yards. And that's on twenty. That's on twenty completions. So I mean, he's getting the ball down the field. Uh, I mean, he had a seventy-five yard touchdown pass. He had a forty-yard touchdown pass, and those were both in the first half. Uh, I mean, so right. he's getting things done. He has three touchdown passes. I mean, the two interceptions, obviously. I mean, those are hanging over his head. Say whatever you want, but I mean, I would have taken him over Charlie Brewer any day of the week. Well, that's not saying like a lot. <laughs> I take it well. <laughs> Fair. I'm t- I'm taking a lot of quarterbacks over Charlie Brewer this weekend. 
Right. I'm taking Bo Nix over Charlie Brewer this weekend. That's and saying that, a that's, lot. That's a, that's a tough call. That is a tough call. That is a tough call. I mean, listen, when you put up 608 total yards on a conference opponent on the road, it was a good weekend. And you got to wonder, man, Dave Aranda, like, you got to find something to fix this defense. I mean, you're the, you were arguably one of the best defensive minded new head coaches in the country. I mean, giving up 608 yards to a team without their two best offensive weapons, that is a real, real bad look. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, fix the defense. I think that should be at the forefront, but fix the offense. What happened? I mean, a year ago, you know, a year ago, actually this weekend, we were talking about Baylor almost winning their, their conference championship with like what their third or fourth string quarterback in. I mean, yeah, where's that the depth? kid, the, the kid that played in this game, Zeno, uh, yeah, the back of quarterback right. that came in, he was the quarterback that came in the uh, Big Twelve championship. So they have talent. They got to find us. They got to find an every down running back. They have to find more consistent quarterback play from Brewer. But when your defense is allowing the other team to run, pass, score, well, I mean, Brandon, their first drive it was a two play, seventy five yard drive, eighteen second drive. I mean, it was crazy. That, that takes to win right out of your sales. And then the second drive in the first quarter, Brandon, 92 yards, 11 play drive. That is just a backbreaker. Yeah. So they're down 14, nothing after the first. And it's like, okay, they can drive on us and chew the clock or they can hit two plays. And it's a touchdown. Uh, right. I, I think Oklahoma state and Mike Gundy did an outstanding job of keeping Baylor on their toes. They they were unpredictable with their play calling. I loved it. This is the Oklahoma State team, Brandon, that I picked to win the Big 12. That's what I'm saying. It made me so mad when I saw them come out and do this. But, you know, too little, too late. I'm, I'm still mad at Oklahoma State. <laughs> I mean, but listen, guys, this was not a great game, but we're going to get to the energy here. We had a game down in Gainesville, Brandon. Sure I'm did. sure you watched it. I'm sure a lot of y'all watched it. We had the LSU Tigers pulling an upset by the tip of their cleat of the over the Florida Gators. Man, this game arguably was one of the best games of the season. I think it was ruined by the fog. I could barely see. Like I, I was watching on a like a sixty inch TV. It was brand new at this Airbnb in Auburn, and I thought I was going blind. I was like, I can't see a damn thing. <laughs> no, I and I know that you said. I think you met the LSU Tigers. Um, yeah, that was a tough game. That's a tough game. If if you're a Florida Gator, you might want to go ahead and turn the podcast off because this <sighs> it doesn't get any better from here. Um, Let's you'll, you'll like this in our Madden league. We just imported a draft class, and the dude put Mar- Marco Wilson in there, and he gave him 99 throw power. Oh my god! You know what I will? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I will say, Zach, is that after this game. I, I was curious, and so I went to Twitter, and that's the worst place to be. Yeah, on, you got to stay off of that. Don't do it, and it made me feel better about LSU fans because, I mean, I'm the first one to get on here and criticize TigerDroppings.com. I've already told you guys, it's a cesspool. Stay away if you can. If you can't, I mean, if you're already in there like me, then whatever. I mean, you're already ruined. Uh, or but me. If you, <laughs> yeah, or Zach. For, I add Zach in uh, and also into my group chats. And you know, maybe maybe if you ask nicely, I'll add you into the group chat. Um, what I will say is that Florida fans, they're like a different breed. I don't know if there's like a Florida oh, forum goodness. that I need to get on or something. But I went to Marco Wilson's Twitter page after after the uh, after the game. 
and he hadn't and he hadn't tweeted anything like he's only had retweets for like the past two months but like i scrolled back to like october because i was curious and there were just florida fans under there chirping him like being like you deserve to lose your scholarship you embarrassed me as a florida gator you embarrassed me as an alumni They're like shut up it, come on i mean yeah it was stupid it was like the dumbest thing you could possibly could have done but you're gonna go on to this college kids twitter page two months back and and tweet this ignorant stuff uh, come on <laughs> he he had to make all social media profit oh my god he i did, bet he did He's yeah, not like death threats. You ever been to Gainesville? It's that's it's, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. I mean, listen, and like the death threats, that's a lot, but man, what a decision. What a decision to throw the cleat <laughs> 20 yards. And what a decision by Dan Mullen to say, Oh, I didn't see it. I don't think it should be a penalty. <laughs> it was that Dan Mullen needs to he needs to talk worst. to the he needs to talk to the I hate him but he needs to talk to the media more because it's it's hilarious every time like that's funny what a move but like did you hear his halftime interview i mean i know the auburn game was on right right before half yeah or right, right when halftime started they're like what what's going on how are you how are you guys losing lsu right now he's like well, i guess they scored more points than us i don't really know <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> I, I literally cannot stand him i mean he he might be the worst person on the face of the planet I'm I mean, with him because because up against LSU he's like two and nine, and at Florida he's like one and three against LSU. So or one two against LSU. So keep it up, Dan Mullen. I mean, Brandon, if I would have asked you after the kid threw the shoe, they lost the game. If if I would have asked you what excuse Dan Mullen would have had for it, would you ever think that he would just say it was unfortunate? No, I, I think you gotta. Uh, unfortunate what a what a word what a what a choice and that like he, the, he he said that the kid didn't really know he threw the shoe because it was already in his hand and he was celebrating and <laughs> okay i bet <laughs> oh man dan mullen's a bad guy he's a but bad by guy, the way but... by the way that referee's call when he said personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct number 11 first of all it wasn't number 11 but he said number 11 defense throwing that player's shoe 20 yards down the field that's an that's a classic that's an instant classic that 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 really should just be like part of our intro from now so. on oh man i might have clip that now <laughs> that's but i mean listen the shoe thing is going to get all the shine i get it 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 should but one of the one of the decisions that happened before the game, Brandon, is going to haunt Dan Mullen and could be the reason he loses his job eventually. Yeah, and and look, I, I get it. You're gonna sit Kyle Pitts. You're looking ahead to the, which by the way, bad bad choice. But you're gonna you're gonna sit him and you're gonna prepare him for the Alabama game next weekend. Why? Why would you do that in a rivalry game? This is an actual rivalry game. I mean, we're not talking about LSU Alabama right now, where where one of these teams goes, oh, that's not a rivalry game. This is a rivalry game, and you're gonna sit your best player, or well, I would say best player because Kyle Trask might not be the best player on this team anymore. Uh, I don't think he is. I mean, what about Kadarius Tony's performance? <laughs> that that is that is a man right there, dude. Kadarius Tony I- is insane. I don't know how one person moves that fast. I don't either. And it's not like he's just fast. Like, like he'll big boy you too. Like he'll, he'll lay you down. He about that life. He wants all the smoke with the contact. But I mean, 
Brandon, I know Kyle Trask might have lost his Heisman. He threw for five, almost 500 yards, but the two interceptions, the fumble, just the bad decisions throughout the night really hurt. But I don't think I don't think it's fair to talk about anybody right now other than Max Johnson. This oh kid, gosh. in his first ever start, went down looked- into the swamp in primetime and balled. Stealing my shine, Zach, because you know what everyone said about Kyle Trask last year was his first start was in Death Valley last year. He went down and almost won that game. Guess what? Max Johnson, true freshman, went down to Gainesville, went down to the swamp and won that game. Yes. Yep. Uh, it, it was it was a masterful performance. I mean, I remember like I mean, I forgot who it was that called me and was like, I mean, did they suit up Joe Burrow and just name him Max Johnson tonight? <laughs> He looked good, man. And and look, I get it at first, maybe like a little bit. You can tell he's a little bit nervous. But I mean, after after that first touchdown drive for LSU, um, he looked cool, calm, and collected in the pocket. I mean, he was making smart decisions. I mean, and he was moving the ball without without. Let me say this: without really any like name, like big name receivers. He didn't have Terrace Marshall. He obviously, didn't have Jamar Chase. Uh, no Eric Gilbert. Kayshawn Butte was out there. Uh, uh, Kayshawn Moore was out there. I, I mean, but guess what? <laughs> they are both true freshmen. The yeah. only players to score for LSU this weekend were, were sophomores and freshmen. Yep. And that's an indictment on this Florida defense. I mean, that's that's bad. Well, look at the defensive performance. So we talked about this defense all year, but this is the last game for LSU and they finally step up. I mean, um, Eli, Eli Ricks had the pick six. Beautiful, beautiful play. I mean, he bit on the ball perfectly. B.J. Ojolari, how about his performance for covering the fumble? And, I mean, he was all over the field. He played a big role. And then you look, Brandon, this was the biggest factor for me. I know Max Johnson played great. I know the defense stepped up. I know the shoe toss happened, all that. That running game finally did something. Chris yeah. Curry. Tyron Davis Price, they showed up. Both of them had over 55 yards rushing, and Davis Price averaged almost seven yards a carry. And what about Max Johnson with his feet? I know he's not the fastest, Brandon. I know he's not dual threat, but he made plays with his legs. 52 yards rushing, and on that game-winning drive, made the perfect decision to pull that ball and get out of bounds for a first down. It was beautiful decision-making, and it really makes me question. I mean, we've been saying for what three, four weeks since that Auburn game, like, why is this kid not starting? Well, after this kid's starting, it's an even bigger indictment on Steve Emzinger and Coach O that the fact that they were not giving this kid a chance. Yeah, and I think, and and I don't want to speculate or anything, but um, but TJ Finley had a tweet today, uh, and it, it it was very similar to a tweet that Eric Gilbert had the other day. Um, and let's just say Eric Gilbert, there's rumors about him transferring. So, uh, you're going to go to Georgia, maybe some, I don't know. I hope not, but maybe I'd be well, that's, that's, that's a whole other episode. I'd be pissed if he goes to Georgia, but Brandon, you look at, you look at Florida. I mean, like we've already said turnovers cost him. Kyle Trask still threw for 500 yards. Just about, that's still outrageous. Jacob Copeland stepped up big. Trayvon Grimes stepped up big. We've already talked about Kadarius Tony, but you know, We've we've been talking about the running game. They finally had one, Brandon, but they didn't hand the ball off enough. Malik Davis was averaging twelve yards a carry, Brandon. They gave it to him seven times. Yeah, that's tough. I, and I get it. It's tough to take the ball out of Kyle Trask's hands, and and, and 
it's hard for – I mean, he. it's not like he had a terrible, terrible game. He probably lost the Heisman during this game, uh, just, just to be completely honest, especially going up next weekend against Alabama in the SEC Championship in a game that I think is just the maybe the biggest long shot uh, for Florida at this point in the season. Um, so I, I think that this was just the beginning of him losing this Heisman Trophy. But he still had a good game. I mean, you, you said it several times. 474 yards passing in this game. Two touchdowns. Yes, the two interceptions and the fumble were huge, and they probably cost Florida the game. I mean, let's be honest. One of those was a pick six. Uh, the fumble put LSU in great field position to score again. And, and so, yeah, he probably lost the game for them. But 474 yards through the air is, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm impressed with, with both teams, really. I mean, I get it. Florida didn't expect to be in the close game. That's why they set Kyle Pitts. And the lack of discipline at the end, though, man. I mean, so listen, here's why I think everyone was pissed. And this is what caught me off guard. I mean, it wasn't like there was a true freshman out on that unit, Brandon, that made this mistake. Right. This was your fourth year junior. Yeah. You know, captain of one of the captains of this defense, and he's the one that throws the shoe. Right. And I, I don't get it. Apparently, I mean, I haven't obviously I don't keep like close tabs on Florida football or or anything. But from the from the toxic Florida fans that I did see on Twitter after the game, apparently this isn't his like, first offense. No, um, it's not. So he's I don't know. I, I feel like at some point you kind of have to like, you know, kind of instill these kind of things into your players. And this is a culture thing, I think, for Florida. And, that, you know, that's not coming yeah. from Brandon, the LSU fan. It's coming from Brandon, the college football fan. This yeah. might be and, Florida because, I mean, this 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 kind of thing happens far too all often. All the time. This is just a Florida thing in general, this, the state of Florida. The state of Florida, yeah. With, with Florida State, it's the, it's, the, it's the panhandle cities over there. But, yeah. um, no, I mean, that's right, I get Gainesville, it. You're a panhandle city. They're, they're right there by it. No, I'm going to give them a panhandle. They might be worse than a panhandle city, but, um, <laughs> but really, truly, it, I think it all goes back to Dan Mullen, Brandon. We see the same lack of discipline with Dan Mullen. Yeah, we do. In I the mean, media and in the fight with, with uh, Missouri, pumping up the crowd, egging it on. It's like, when's the last time you saw Nick Saban egging on a brawl? Oh, never. Want to know why? Because God forbid a player gets in a brawl. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Dan Mullen needs to get some things together. That's, I mean, it's a, I don't like him. That's just a personal thing. Um, I get it. Players probably do want to play for him. I mean, he's entertaining. He sounds, he seems like a fun guy to play for, but man, at some point that hurts, that hurts your culture and that's going to end up hurting your football program. And I don't know. That's what separates championship programs from, contenders man i mean that's it's it's a fact i mean there's teams that always are in the playoff race that never win it and this is one of the things that separate i mean what would happen brandon realistically if next week malachi moore or patrick sertan which is about the equivalent of this calls Alabama the game by throwing a piece of equipment across the field you know as much as i as much as i do not like the university of alabama football um that that kind of thing would never happen. I would be shocked to ever see any kind of discipline issues from from an Alabama player while Coach Nick Saban is their head coach. You would never you know see why? It. Because that player would disappear. 
<laughs> you never hear from him again. Do you want it, to know? It could be, Brandon, it could be Mac you. Jones. It could be Devontae <laughs> yes. Smith. You never hear from them again. Well, what happened to that player that tried to attack him during the natty? Where is he at, Brandon? That's a fair point. Are you sure he's alive? <laughs> I forgot about that, but not, maybe not. <laughs> Nick Saban in the mob is the basis of the story. But then <laughs> this was the LSU team. I think Brandon and a lot of people expected to see this year. I just think they were young and had to grow up, man. And I think this LSU team has a lot of momentum going into next year now, Brandon. And I'm interested to see what happens next. And with Florida, you got Alabama next. You better get your head on straight. And to suffer a loss like this the week before getting Bama in, a, in the biggest game of the year, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But, guys, we're headed to the Big Ten. Got to love Big Ten football. Brandon did not love this game. Brandon is, listen, I will say this. You know, I'm sure this might be why Brandon is in a happy, loving marriage. It's because he's loyal. Because he is sinking and drowning on this ship with the Wisconsin Badgers. As they suffered a 28-7 loss this weekend to Iowa in in Kinnick. I tried to tell you, Brandon, Wisconsin was the two-point favorite. When are you going to let them go? This is an unhealthy relationship, and right here on the podcast, I need to free you from this from this horrible, toxic relationship you have gotten yourself in. I, I guess I didn't realize that that this was an intervention for Brandon today. Um, but here we are, <laughs> and I guess I need. We, to... we celebrated last game. This game, we're coming back to reality. Yeah, I guess I guess we're talking about it. Sure. Um, I man, I I wish I had an excuse. I wish I had any sort of excuse. You know, the, and I knew it. You know, we talked about it before before this game. We talked about it on, on the preview episode, and and we both knew it. We both knew that Iowa was going to win this game. I mean, they couldn't let the Children's Hospital down. This was this game was in Iowa City. Uh, how are you supposed to How are you supposed to lose that game? And Wisconsin. I mean, there Wisconsin. I guess Graham Mertz. Maybe maybe not that good. Um, if you really want to talk about my decision making skills. Uh, I thought Graham Mertz was going to be good. Um, look at my stock portfolio right now because I'm taking a big hit right now. Uh, so maybe maybe I'm not good at predicting the future. Who knows? Man, uh, like where do you even start, Brandon? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe at Graham Mertz having worse than a Jameis Winston ratio. It, it, I thought he was going to be so good, Zach. How dumb am I? How, how he was good for one week. He was dumb. he was good for one week. Now for, for this Illinois. entire season, yeah, against Illinois, and now for this entire season, his QBR is fifty nine point five. He has eight touchdowns to five interceptions and doesn't even have a thousand yards passing. Like what? Stuff. This was this was my five star Wisconsin recruit. What? Wisconsin's going through it right now, guys. I mean. And Brad, I'm not going to put it all on Graham Merch. You're going to be happy to hear this. I don't put this. Um, let's put this loss on him. I put. What about this rushing game? When's the last time you saw Wisconsin rush for 1.7 yards per carry? Never. And and it's like it's like a culture shock right now in in Wisconsin because this maybe hasn't ever happened. They look horrible. They look I so mean bad. this 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 offense looks out of sync. This offense misses Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yeah, there's nowhere. There's no other way to put it. I mean, and this Iowa defense played out of their mind, guys. They held Grammers to 4.4 yards per completion. Like I said, 1.7 yards per rush. 
And on the offensive side, Spencer Petras played amazing, Brandon. 211, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Tyler Gooden rushed for almost 10 yards to carry on this vaunted Wisconsin rushing defense. I mean, 10 yards to carry on this defense is something to be super impressed with. Makai Sargent rushed for another 50. I mean, this team put up 130 yards rushing, over 200 yards passing. You know, Smith Marset, he is a beast at the at the wide receiver spot. Two receiving touchdowns this week. I, I can't say enough about Iowa. I mean, to hold Wisconsin 11 first downs, four third down conversions, under 230 yards of total offense. I mean, and forced two turnovers. That uh, this this was one of I think the most impressive performances of the weekend. No, I, I definitely agree with you. And and I don't know what to say, Zach. I'm upset. <laughs> How upset are you, Brandon? I, I need to know. I are mean, you gonna like, pick Wisconsin? Like, if 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 they somehow got another game, they, are you gonna pick them again? Like like in their bowl game, potentially? Yeah. Yes. Of course. Oh no. You know well, well they play I forgot they play Minnesota next week. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. Spoiler alert, I'm going with Wisconsin here. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to cover that one because we got conference championship next week, Brandon. We do. We do. It's going to be a busy week. We, we, we're going to have to figure something out on that. There's a lot of games next week, but um, we'll, we'll get to that later, guys. But, I mean, this Wisconsin team was supposed to be the favorite for, you know, right up there with with uh, Ohio State for the Big Ten, but – you're looking at teams like Northwestern, Indiana, Iowa. I mean, Brandon, have these teams passed Wisconsin in the pecking order? I mean, I think for like the time being, yeah, I think you'd have to say yes, but I, I don't think this is long term. I think this is, I think this is kind of like a like a fluky COVID riddled season sort of thing. If if Tom Allen stays in Indiana, do you have any faith in Wisconsin could get past them? That's tough. I mean, I don't. I don't think Indiana's gonna be like a good long-term team. I mean, I, I get it. I I might be the biggest Tom Allen fan of the world. I might be, but I don't know what what levels he can truly take Indiana to. I get it. He's a great head coach. I love the guy. I mean, I love the style of coaching he does. But I don't know. I I, I think Wisconsin. I think it's in their culture. I think it's in their program. They're gonna be a good team. They're gonna be a good team long-term. I think they're pretty young right now. Um, and they've 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 got a lot of work to do, and I think having a full off season and maybe a full season would do them well. Absolutely, and I think I was going to get a lot of respect this week when the college football playoff rankings come out. They were already 16th. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be pushing top 12. Yeah, probably. I mean, six and two right now. That's pretty stout. I mean, they lost two early games by a combined five points, Brandon. Right. And one of their losses was to Northwestern. <laughs> Who's in the Big Ten Championship deservedly, exactly. unlike Ohio State. Exactly. Oh, that's a tough take. That's a tough take. So, guys, like I said, Wisconsin's got Minnesota next week. Iowa has Michigan in a primetime ESPN game. That's going to be one to watch there. But we're moving to the Pac-12 in a game that also had Brandon Hype in which Keaton Slovis and the Trojans pulled off the epic comeback win over the UCLA Bruins, 43-38. Brandon, I know you were probably caught up with what was going on over there in LSU, but your boys pulled it out. What can you take away from the Trojans' win this weekend? Uh, They don't give up. I told you guys that Keaton was going to cook. What did he do, Zach? What did Keaton do? Uh, Threw two interceptions and almost lost to UCLA and Chip Kelly. 
He also threw five touchdowns and 344 yards, Zach. So I think he cooked. Um, <laughs> I'll give I mean, you that. I'll give you that. Thank you. Uh, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't the leading receiver this weekend. So that's, that's Tyler a shock. Bonds. Tyler, Tyler Bonds Va- is there. He's a dog, man. And, and not, it wasn't only Tyler Vons. It was also Drake London. He had more receiving yards than Amon Ross St. Brown, which, I mean, let's not take away from St. Brown at all. He, I mean, he had he, he played a very important role in this game too. Um, and what, you know what's perfect, Zach, is that is that I got to watch the LSU game in its entirety, and then I was still able to flip over to USC-UCLA and watch the ending of that game. That's nice. I mean, do you, you know how perfect that was? That's a good night. That's a good night. was for me? It was a great night for Brandon. It was a great night to be me. <laughs> um, you guys should try it sometime. But yeah, I, I mean, you see, uh, USC pulled out the win. I don't have much good to say, honestly. I mean, if, if I'm if I'm snapping out of uh, delusional fan Brandon mode, then I don't have much good to say. Um, they almost lost to 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 UCLA. Honestly, you know they're going to be playing the Pac-12 championship against Oregon now because Washington can't play in it. You know, even though they they did earn their spot, they cannot play because of COVID-19 and contact tracing. Um, so Oregon stepping up playing in that game, I think they would have had a better shot against Washington. So I think I think this is going to be a tough game for the Trojans this upcoming week. I'm sure we'll talk about that in our next episode. Um, but let's enjoy the time now while, while USC is still undefeated. Yeah, uh, you know, when you give up almost 600 yards to UCLA – it, it, it's a win with an asterisk. Mm. Don't even start with me, Brandon. Mm. Oh, I mean, Keaton Slovis got outplayed by Dorian Thompson Robinson. Okay. I don't know about outplayed. He threw one more touchdown and threw for 20 less yards. Like that's not, I mean, they both had two interceptions, Okay, but he threw for how many less yards, Brandon? 20, 20. on yeah. how many less attempts? 11, 11 less attempts, for the same amount of completions. Okay, so Dorian Thompson Robinson was more efficient. He threw for more yards, a higher average, one less touchdown. They have the same number of turnovers, but let's add the 50 rushing yards that Thompson Robinson had. We are not about to bash Keaton. This is not the Keaton. This is the key. This is the we love Negative 11 yards podcast. rushing for your boy. Negative 11 yards rushing for your got, boy. Because he got sacked. You want me to say? I mean, I think. Yeah, like, escape the pressure. That's an indictment on the O line. I don't think it's really. On that's him. an indictment on them feet. On them feet. Is that right? <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, really and truly, Malape killed this game, Brandon. We have been talking about can USC find a consistent running game? Will this be the week, Brandon, where they can put together two back to back weeks of 100 yards rushing? You got to hope so. I got to hope mean, so. 110, a touchdown for Malape. That's huge. They held Demetric Felton pretty. Well, I think. I mean, Felton has been balling this year. Ball balled last year too. Only 90 yards rushing for less than five yards a carry. No scores for Felton. That's that was huge for the USC defense. And you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson has been also balling. You know, those two turnovers really killed UCLA. They killed the momentum. That could have really put the game away if they would they were able to put some better drops together instead of turning it over. But I think Clay Helton has saved his job, Brandon. I think it's That's, safe to say that it's it's that even if he goes on and loses to Oregon next, this upcoming weekend, I think he's safe. And that's unfortunate for for USC. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> you don't you don't think he should keep his job? I don't I think that USC is a really good football team. I mean, obviously they've only played five games, but they're undefeated at this point in the season. Um they've they've narrowly escaped most of those games and they yeah, could easily no I mean, just as easily as the, as they could be five and oh they could they could also be two and three they could be one and four so i mean it, i mean they would have lost to ucla this weekend if not for that i mean it was a long drive um yeah. with for in like 30 seconds i mean they turned it on for that drive but i, I mean the most of that game honestly i thought ucla was gonna pull it out and that's just just from a fan perspective. That's from sitting on my couch, uh, holding a beer, watching the game. I mean, I thought UCLA was going to take it, but they pulled it out last second. And that seems to be kind of what USC keeps doing over and over. And that's why I said the thing about uh, maybe maybe enjoying being undefeated right now before the conference championship game. Right. I mean, this. You know, we we talk about so many teams on this podcast. We talk about these teams that can like narrowly escape. This is the team, in my opinion, that. They might be, and and I hate to say it, but they might be the worst undefeated team in the country right now. And I think they, yeah, I think they, I mean, if we're talking about like Coastal Carolina's in that conversation. So yeah, I think they might be the worst. Uh, I think they might be the worst undefeated team in the country, and that's why they're ranked fifteenth right now. Or well, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, whenever you listen, to, yeah, whenever you listen to this podcast, maybe that's why they were ranked fifteenth when they were undefeated and top of their conference. Uh, I don't without I don't a playoff that, shot. I don't. Yeah, like the committee's not taking them seriously, and that's because they're not winning decisive games. They're not winning. They're not. They're not playing like they're like they're an undefeated top of the Pac-12 team. No, I think that Oregon game is going to tell a lot. I think so too, and I don't. And honestly, I don't know who's going to win that game because Oregon hasn't been playing great either. But I don't know. It, it's it's going to be a fun one to watch. I think. Uh, I also think so. I'm excited to see it. Um, but guys, USC goes on to face Oregon. Like we said, that is going to be a barn burner. Uh, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta hurt for Washington a little bit, right, Brandon? Yeah, I think you do. But I mean, uh, more than anything, if I'm Washington, I'm so mad at the Pac-12 right now. I'm so mad at the entire conference because like, I'm not saying like, I don't, obviously I don't know all the details about, about what's going on there. And I, I like I'm not there, right? But you have to think right. that maybe if Washington was in the ACC or in the SEC or the Big Twelve, then they might be playing this weekend. Yeah, I, you got to think. I mean, and you look at the Big Ten's handling of it. I mean, those are two conferences that could have done much, much better. Right. Absolutely. But man, we're moving on to the ACC, and Brandon. You want to talk about an embarrassment, a beatdown? I don't. Man, this is tough. Do we have to? The Tar Heels, Brandon, sixty-two to twenty-six over the Hurricanes this weekend down in Miami. This was the UNC team. I think that I expected. I think that you thought I expected. I mean, Miami. I think. I think it's safe to say, Brandon. What they're they're frauds. Yeah, I think they are, uh, and you know what? I, I'm 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 going to be very decisive in saying that I think that they are frauds. This defense is bad, 
really, really bad when you let up 308 yards for one player on the ground. You let up 167 receiving yards for one player. I mean, <laughs> and and I guess we probably could have seen this coming, honestly, because this is a this is a North Carolina team that is a really good. Um, I think they're a really good offense, and their defense has been kind of hit or miss throughout this season. But this Miami team. This Miami team is just Derek King, and he's having to do all of this all by himself. And I mean, that that was more clear than ever this weekend. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, Brandon, let's listen to some of these absurd stats. They Miami allowed seven hundred and seventy eight yards of total offense. I mean. That's not like surprising when you see that they let up 308 yards from one running back alone when when <laughs> North Carolina has two running backs that are going to tear you up. Yeah, and Brandon, this this I'm not even done. 31 first downs and they allowed the time of possession was 40 minutes for UNC and 19 for Miami. That's tough. That's that's the that, toughest stat of them all. That, <laughs> Brandon, you know, you keep saying Michael Carter, 308 yards. He averaged 12 yards, almost 13 yards per carry, two touchdowns. What about Javante Williams, who had 236 over 10 yards per carry and three touchdowns? I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. That's why I said, I mean, this two-headed monster in the, for the running backs they have is insane. This was the best performance. I, this is what's going to happen, Brandon, when this UNC offensive line grows up. This is where this is what I was talking about all season, and it frustrates me to death that this had to wait to the last thing because I know you know who we have a group chat with another ACC expert over there that have been giving me hell all year about these Tar Heels. This is the team I thought I was getting, and <laughs> I don't care who you are. If this team shows up, they can beat anyone in the country. That's that's a fact. I mean, this this team. I don't know about any team in the country, but they can beat most teams. I don't. I don't think they're beating Alabama, Notre Dame. Okay, Clemson, well, but, let, let's but, let's stop Alabama. That's a whole other conversation. Um, Ohio State. I think they could take out Ohio State if they play like this. Okay, I, I need to know right now. I put you know we had to rip your boy um, for his performance. What about what about Sam Howell? I need to know what you think. I mean, what, what do you want me to say about it? He had a receiving touchdown. <laughs> he uh, he had a rushing touchdown. Okay. And um, how many passing touchdowns, Brandon? Uh, one. One. Okay, so three total touchdowns, a QBR of 94, and is one of, like, I think two players this year to have a receiving, rushing, and passing touchdown. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand. I didn't realize that he had the uh, air land and sea combo there. Yeah, I need you to put some respect to my boy's name. I, I mean, the receiving touchdown. I will say, pretty nice. Um, I don't know. <laughs> he had a great weekend. What do you want me to say? And and he beat a Miami team that you already deemed frauds. So how much how much credit can we really give him? You picked this Miami team, though, Brandon. You picked them. <laughs> I, know, I know. I picked this Miami team, Zach. I was there. They give up sixty-two points. It's bad. I mean, they're, they're you're number ten in the country, and you're going to give up sixty-two points. And this game was this uh, some like my I was out of town this weekend. As all you guys know, 
at, this was the first game that came on after well one of the first games that we watched after my sister's graduation and you know everyone's there and i'm the only person who said unc was gonna win and everyone before the game was just talking and talking and talking and talking and eventually like in the fourth quarter we look up and there's 554 rushing yards for unc <laughs> and like i remember like one of my uncles like turned to look to me he was like hey this is why you had the podcast <laughs> i was like listen i did not predict 554 yards of rushing but brandon where does miami go from here where does manny diaz like how do you look your players in the face to say man we we got this we're one play away because you definitely were not one play away no i mean you can't you can't even go out and be like you gave it your best like you can look at Derek king and say if you that's your best that's it. you gotta you gotta pack it up it, it the college football just ain't your thing you gotta go play lacrosse or something because <laughs> college football ain't your thing if this is your best yeah no nah, we're gonna we're gonna sign you up for track if this was your best i mean hey guys like the final score really doesn't even like doesn't really even paint the full picture like this game was four was thirty four to three with three minutes left in the second quarter. That's a fact. <laughs> and forty one to ten late in the third, and forty eight eighteen in the fourth. Like I mean, Miami scored late. Like this game was out of reach. Yeah, and I UNC didn't seem to care. No, no, it's tough. Tough. Luck. That th- this was disrespectful. I, I want to talk to listen. Uh, all I'm going to say, Mac Brown is tired of y'all. <laughs> he wants some respect on his name. Well, you know what? He said three losses is enough for this season. Hell, I don't know how much longer they're going to keep me around if we're supposed to be a top 10 team and I have four losses. So he, he won one more. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> He's, he was like, enough of this. Brandon. Both running backs, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, had over a hundred yards rushing after contact. Zach, are they what 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 class are they in? What what do you like? Oh, what how old are they? What year are they? Yeah. Um, I believe they're both they're both come back now. Oh no, Michael Carter's a senior, but he could technically still come back because of COVID. Um, and I believe Javante Williams is a sophomore. Okay, so Michael. Yeah, well, okay, Javante Williams is a is a junior, so he'll probably be back. Um, but yeah, they both technically could come back because of COVID. That would be ridiculous. That would be that. Wouldn't that be disgusting if they had Sam Howell, Michael Carter, and Javante Williams all come back? And I think that entire offensive line comes back, and hopefully a full season. Uh, I mean, this North Carolina team, if if they have enough returning players, they're going to be very dangerous. What about the 11 more broken tackles Javante Williams has in this yeah, game? That's 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 nah, that's a wow. I mean, wow. What do you mean to say? Wow. Brandon, do you know how many he's had all year? How many? 75. That's insane. That, that should 75 be. broken tackles. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that that is disrespectful. <laughs> to every awesome. single to every single defense he's played disrespect and, and you know, the worst part is like do you know who like the two highest graded running backs in the entire country are both of them so unc has the two best running backs statistic like like both their running backs perform statistically better than every other running back in the country <laughs> i mean that's that's great it would be crazy to me 
if uh, Michael Carter didn't at least go to the draft this year. But I guess he could come back. Oh, man. Uh, I'm just – I'm Mabo. This made me so happy but so frustrated at the same time, man. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah. I, I'm upset. Yeah, I, that, I, I assume. That, <laughs> that, that, this should have happened to get Notre Dame, but it's fine. They'll be back next year. Sam Howell for Heisman 2021. It's coming back. The hype train is rolling again in UNC. But, guys, to the most exciting game of the weekend, Army-Navy delivered a great one. And, listen, we are going to spend as many minutes as first downs that Navy gave us, Brandon. So you get four minutes. Go. (laughs) Hold on. Four first downs. And, look, we knew – we Army knew. had eight. The winner had eight. They had 12 first downs combined. UNC put up 31 by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> this game, if you like defense, or if you like if you like you- running the ball, or if you like no points for most of the game, then this was your game. This was your game. Because oh, half of this God. game, literally two quarters of this game had no scores. It's the only, like, that's the only way this game should be played. No, I agree. I definitely agree. And it had a safety, too. Like, that. that is the most <laughs> Army-Navy thing of all time. It is. Um, also, this was, like, the first shutout in, uh, I think it was, like, a while. Like, a good while, yeah. too. And I think, and this was the first time Army has won at home in a minute. That's because they don't play. I don't think that they play. Um, well, they used to, and Navy was just beating them to death back in the day. His Navy yeah. used to be good, but I mean, the the QB battle was amazing. We had a four QBR versus a thirty four, both through a combined four passes. The backup <laughs> through four passes for Navy. It was it was lit. Um, and the run game. I mean, we talk about these being the most lethal running games in the country neither put up over 135 yards and neither averaged over 3.1 yards per carry. Yeah. Hey Zach, do you know do you want to know what train I'm on right now? What train? I'm on the rank army train. Oh I am eight, eight they two. are eight and two and uh, they are eight and two. I know they are. And I mean that's look 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 at their schedule. Not very impressive, but eight and two is eight and two. So I, I mean what do you want me to say? I think that we should rank army. We should respect our troops. <laughs> Do you want to know why I don't think we should rank army? <laughs> why? Um, how many total yards did Navy have, Brandon? I don't know. Um, less than they had punting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to know how many total yards army had? How many? Also less than they had punting. That, see, that's tough. Listen, that's... Uh, listen, Army had 262 yards punting. Navy <laughs> had 298, right? Neither team put up over 162 yards. <laughs> <laughs> and these I get teams, it. These teams combined, Brandon, five <laughs> for 25 <laughs> on third downs. Right. You know, what's cool? you know what's cool, though, Zach, is that we get – we get another great matchup next weekend in Army right. and Air Force. That's for the trophy I mean, too. No one even talks about Army and Air Force. No one ever. I mean, it's never. It's always. It's always Army Navy. Army Navy game. Okay. Let's Air start, Force gets no respect. Get Air Force in this conversation. If I'm the Air Force, I, I'm tired of the disrespect. I win oh. that trophy and we don't give it back. Oh, I'm pissed off if I'm if I'm Air Force. And did you know the Coast Guard also has a service academy? They're not D one. Really? 
Yeah, they're like D three football, dude. Dude, but, do you know how they, bad that game would be if Army got their hands on the Coast Guard? I would. I would like to see it. Listen, listen. That's a bowl game. <laughs> you know, instead of the Armed Forces Bowl, we should have the Armed Forces Tournament. Oh yes, put all the service academies in there. Oh, that could be cool. Uh, that that would I'm be in. that 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 would be fun. I, I think I think we should have a playoff. I'd spend the a weekend camp. there. I mean, if we this could be like a Saturday Sunday thing. I mean, because they don't need time to recover. I think Marine, that. No, I'm a, like. I mean, you got the Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard. Apparently, I mean, listen, Coast Guard would be such a big underdog. I'd have to put all my money on them. I think so, and I. You know what? I think I would too. Now, now we're and talking if it about rained, it. they better be the favorite. They they have to be. I mean, and I don't know what happened this weekend, Brandon. I have never seen so many games at one time be affected by fog. Like, was it either. just foggy across the entire world last night? Saturday <laughs> was, night? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it stretched from Gainesville, Florida, all, all the way all the way up to West Point, New York. The Okay. Great, great. I don't know what it was about the fog, but it got me amped up. And and the fog at the end of the LSU uh, Florida game, insane. Uh, I mean, I don't know why it made me so excited, but it just did. <laughs> I mean, okay. Do you? I, I'm trying to th- figure out what is what the stadium is named after. I did not know it was called Mitchie Stadium. Mitchie Stadium is that is that yeah. right? Yeah, it's named after Dennis Mitchie. Oh, good, good. Um, he started. Oh, he started football at the U.S. Military Academy in the ni- in the eighteen nineties. Almost said the nineties, but the eighteen nineties. <laughs> so the the nineties before the nineties. People forget um, that back in the day, it was just <laughs> it was just like the Ivy League, and then and then the service academies. That was like it. the the Ivy League. You didn't want to catch them on a good day. The Ivy like, League's put in that work. Princeton, Princeton. I mean, I'm I'm not sure about this, but I think they have more championships than Alabama. So they do. I think Yale does too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Probably. This is tough. This has gotten off the rails here, but listen, I think that's our four minutes on Navy's first downs. <laughs> but yeah, we had 12 points scored in the fourth quarter for Army men. They go on to face Air Force. Navy needs to pack it up for the year. Three and seven. This is tough, but I look forward to this game every year. I cannot wait. For this one next year, but guys, that is a wrap on pick six. We got some storylines, man, and you can't kill my vibe. Brandon tried to kill my vibe. You can't do it. It made my entire 18 hour drive yesterday worth it. Auburn moved on from Gus Malzahn, Brandon, for our first storyline. Oh, my lord, we got 21 million in the bank. We are paying him to get on out of town. And I, I don't even know what to say here, Brandon. I mean, what? He coached from 2013 to 2020. And, I mean, he did – listen, he got to the BCS National Championship game his first year. He's won the West twice. He's been to multiple New Year's Six Bowls. He has a 68-35 and 35 record at Auburn. That's 39-27 and 27 in the SEC. Brandon, what do you take about – what do you what do you take from this firing and who does Auburn go after? Oh man, that's tough. I, and and I know I keep saying his name, but I think Auburn would have to be ridiculous to not go after him. Bill Napier, if I mean if if Auburn's not calling him right now, I, and you know what, I honestly I think that Auburn already has their next head coach picked out because I don't think they would fire Gus Malzahn quite yet if they didn't. Um, to me, and I know I texted you about this, Zach, but 
just a just an odd move overall to fire him after a win. Uh, I thought that was weird, <sighs> but but Auburn did it. Uh, I mean, because this was like a calculated move. They knew they were going to fire him. This wasn't like they really went into this season knowing they were going to fire him as soon as they had the money. And so why not fire him after like after after a loss to Texas A&M or or after uh, I mean why not after any loss and to be fair I did think for like a second that that the Mississippi State game might have been a loss for Auburn um, uh, it, it almost was <laughs> that that score was tough you know that I usually like to text Zach during LSU games or, or during Auburn games like while we're watching them um I didn't text him because I was like, oh, he's probably in a bad mood because Auburn and Mississippi State <laughs> tied at three and it's halftime. So, so I was pretty heated. Yeah. And so I didn't, I did not text Zach. I called him after the game. Don't worry. We did talk. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, if you're Auburn, you have to think this is a good move. I mean, I know that he's done well. I know that, that he was there for a national championship and he was almost there for two. Um, he wasn't the head coach during the first one, but uh, during the second one, he was. Um, he's had a pretty good overall record. I, I think that he's done well at Auburn. But if you're Auburn, there's, a, I mean, you have to understand there's a difference between being a contender and a national champion. And I think that's what they figured out. And they're going to move forward and they're going to try to get it done with the next guy. So, yeah, it's a good move. Ask any Auburn fan in the world. It was a good move to fire him. Uh, because if you don't, then I think you're kind of doomed to to three, four lost seasons uh, for the rest of eternity. Yeah, uh, I kind of pretty much completely agree with you here. I mean, listen, it's not that Gus Malzahn is a terrible person or a bad, like a horrible coach, as some people would have you think. I mean, I think he did a great job at Auburn personally, and I, I think, Brandon, you probably can agree. Yeah. But – um. Uh, I'm really, really torn on like what we're going to do. Cause I mean, there's a lot of people speculating that Kevin Steele is going to be hired, but there's a lot of insiders that think that it is like a smoke screen. Yeah. Um, and there's a report coming out now that Mario Kristenball Kevin Steele are the top two options in Auburn. Okay. That Auburn has already offered Kristen Ball a contract and that Kristen Ball is waiting until after the pack because apparently it was going to be announced today that he took it, but the the plot twist now is that they have to play a Pac-12 championship that he wasn't expecting to play. Yeah, that, so, that's that's – let me ask you this, Zach. What happened to Hugh Freeze? I thought, I thought he okay. was all in the news. Listen, that is who a lot of people want, including myself. You want Hugh Freeze? Absolutely. Um, really? Listen, what's the what's the main reason Gus Malzahn got fired, Brandon? Uh, why? He couldn't consistently beat Bama, right? Yeah, I guess Hugh Freeze can. Okay. Hugh Freeze is has a winning record against Bama. Hugh Freeze <laughs> can do it with Ole Miss, who not in case in case you aren't paying attention. Not very good. Not historically great. No. So what's going to happen if you get Auburn? I mean, I guess you probably have a better chance. And, I mean, it makes sense. And he runs a similar offense, so a lot of the players are going to be fit, fit in that offense. He's a really good recruiter. 
he's learned his lesson. But the problem is, so of the smokescreen is, Brandon, that tonight a thing was released by AL.com that said Hugh Freeze is not being considered. A lot of people think that's a smokescreen because Tennessee wants to hire Hugh Freeze, but they don't want to pull the trigger on Pruitt unless they're sure Hugh Freeze can be hired. So okay. Auburn's trying to keep Tennessee off the trail so they don't lose Hugh Freeze to Tennessee. Okay. okay. Is what I've gotten. Kristen Ball's way up there, but Brandon, actually, Napier is not next on the list. I heard that he's about fourth or fifth on the list, if anything. Actually, Steve Sarkeesian oh, no. is up there. Really? Alabama's offensive coordinator. I think Sark's kind of like chilling out in Tuscaloosa waiting for, uh, for Saban to retire. But everything I've read, it is going to be Kristen Ball or Steele. And if it's not one of those two, this this search is going to go on for two, three weeks, and they have a big fish on the hook. Now, let it's, me ask you this, Zach, and I'm sure this is something that everyone's like begging <laughs> to hear from you. So if if Hugh Freeze does come to Auburn, how soon until he hires Art Bryles and you just finish up the 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 coaches <laughs> with with not uh, a stellar background? Um so do you act do you want the other breaking news tonight? Go, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Art Browse quit his high school head coaching job tonight too. Didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> See, he's he's so he is a free up. agent. <laughs> he's a free agent technically, so that could very well be a possibility. <laughs> and that kept, so the 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 report from a lot of the Auburn Sires on two four seven. I know I'm just stealing information. It's whatever. I, I credit them. Two four seven did all this. Um, all the insiders I could find is that Kevin Steele was offered the job first. The question is, does he want it? Because he's long said that he doesn't want to be a head coach. So if he denied it, they're going to want to keep him as D coordinator and hire an offensive-minded head coach. Kristen Ball was the O-line coach at Alabama. Hugh Freeze, of course, has an offensive coordinator background similar to Malzahn. Right. And so you see a lot of offensive-minded head coaches, see Sarkeesian, and Another another person that a lot of people are looking at is Lane Kiffin. Okay, uh, you, I mean, I don't think he leaves after a year at Ole Miss. Uh, maybe. Guess who? Guess who else they didn't think would leave after a year either? Tommy Tuberville. Well, now he's he's moved on to to bigger, and I'm not going to say better, but move on. Move, yeah. move on okay, to but he was he coached at um, Ole Miss the year before he was hired by Auburn and told the fans that the only way he was leaving Oxford was in a pond box. <laughs> that age That's real wild. bad. That's that age real bad. And I, so Brandon, I'll, 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 I want to see your opinion on this. You would get a crack out of this. One of the outside, like the dark horses in this race was Clay Helton. Really? What? Cause he has an Auburn background. He's, he's coached at Auburn. He's like, he's went to like Clay Helton has an Auburn background. So why not take the shot for the, kid who has Auburn ties that's fair I mean would you want Clay Helton no I I would not want Clay Helton at Auburn I'll I'll just say this but I mean he played quarterback at Auburn in the 90s I I didn't realize that okay before he transferred to Houston so he has an Auburn background so Clay Helton's someone to watch but I think guys if I had to put my money anywhere it's gonna be Kristen Ball that would be nuts. Uh, un- yeah, unless they pull, because I-, I know they're going to reach out to Venables. I know they're going to reach out to Tony Elliott. I know I heard they might even reach out to Luke Fickle, but I think Kristen Ball 
is the one that has the most SEC ties that is itching to come back. I don't think Venables wants to leave Sweeney and go fight Nick Saban every year. Yeah, I can see that. Now, let me ask one more thing before we move on, Zach. Where where do you think Gus Malzahn ends up? I mean, I'm not asking like like a destination per se, uh, but what position, what kind of position do you think he takes? So I heard that he could be a candidate for Vandy's job, but that seems to be filled now. So yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he took a year or two off. I mean, he gets $21 million <laughs> to chill with. Like, I think he could take the Gene Chizik route where he – is an announcer or a broadcaster somewhere like on sec network or something. And if a job opens up that he likes, he can maybe take it. I think he would, I think he would like to try. Maybe he tries to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. I mean, let's get him, let's get him back at coaching high school ball. Let's do that. Baker high school. Get on the phone. (laughs) Get on the phone. phone. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and jump out in front of this one. I mean, I wouldn't hate to see him in purple and gold. Listen, LSU, I think would be I would be shocked if LSU moved off of Steve, Steve Emzinger and got Gus Malzahn. They would they that would be shocked as well. But I wouldn't hate I, it. I I would be shocked. I mean, listen, I think a, an option even now is Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn are really really good friends. I don't know if I, I don't know if a lot of people know that. Um, but if Hugh Freeze doesn't get the job, I can see Gus Malzahn being an an OC at Liberty. For a okay. year, because just to get back and just kind of like get back in the flow, kind of you, you saw um, uh, Chad Morris do that at Auburn this year. I mean, just take a break, get back into your play call and work on your offense. And then if a job opens up, why not take it? I mean, there's going to be job openings that would want Gus Malzahn all over the country. That's I true. mean, you're, I mean, I think Arizona is an interesting possibility. You saw them jump on Kevin Sumlin when he was fired from A&M. Go to Kansas. Oh God, I don't know if I, I don't know if he wants that job. That that job's tough. That job's tough. But guys, we'll update this coaching search as it goes. This will be one of the more hands-on one, especially since um, oh, it pertains to my team. I forgot how much I love coaching Carousel. It's like my it's, it's amazing. It's like a close second to gambling corner for me. That's a fact. That's a fact. Well, I mean, we can keep the carousel going because Vandy might have found their next guy, Brandon. Okay, and they found him in South Bend. Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee ha- reportedly is going to be the next uh, head coach for the Commodores, or at least he is the top candidate right now. We don't know if anything's finalized due to Notre Dame's position in the national landscape, but he's a Tennessee native. He played fullback at Vandy for three years uh, before he left to play co- uh, collegiate semi-professional baseball. Um, he's posted UCLA. I mean, he's made stops in South Dakota State, Bowling Green, Syracuse, Wake Forest, um, on top of, you know, being at Notre Dame. Brandon, what do you think about this if Vandy could pull this off? And I mean, he's been on one of the best coaching staffs in the country for a while, and the bar's not set very high at Vandy. So do you think he can kind of turn it around, kind of like James Franklin did? I like the hire, honestly. Uh, I mean, you know, he's obviously not like one of the top names you think about free agent coaches this year because he wasn't a free agent. I mean, that's, that's as simple as it is. He's a he's a uh, he's a defensive coordinator right now at at a program that has a very good chance uh, to play in the national championship. I'm not going to say win because I think there's there's some teams that might be a little better, but has a team has a chance to play in the national championship this year. Um, and honestly, I mean what is he? He's like 38 years old. 
this is kind of like the stepping stone, right? I mean, we no one really expected him to be a head coach at this point in his career. He's moving up slowly. I get it. Vandy might not be like the the top destination for anybody to start out, but it's where some really good like James Franklin was at was at Vanderbilt. People don't talk about that enough. He was. Uh, he moved on to Penn State. He's got a better job now. He's one of the best recruiters in the country. I like. I would like to see um, what what he can do in Nashville. Uh, what he can do for this Vanderbilt team that, like you said, doesn't have great expectations. I mean, he's not having to live up to a ton right now. And you know, I, I hate to admit this because I don't like Brian Kelly, but that's a great program to be coaching in right now. I mean, if you're coaching under Brian Kelly you've got pretty great experience. Uh, I mean, this Notre Dame, this Notre Dame program that's been consistently good under Kelly. Um, it's been consistently good under this coaching staff. Uh, I mean, I honestly don't know if there could have been a better hire for Vanderbilt just because I don't know who else would have taken this job. I mean, this is kind of like, this is a tough job to take. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I, I feel like it's a low risk, low reward job. I mean, how, how good can you do? Uh, right. I, I, that's a question. But I mean, being Notre Dame's linebacker coach, we've seen some of the linebackers coming out of Notre Dame. Being the D coordinator, this defense has been legit for some years now. I mean, from 2018 to now, that's been the best. That's some of the best defenses Notre Dame's had. Yeah, they kick the 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 Duke can recruit. The Duke can coach. I mean, I. Th- I think Lee is the best hire Vandy can make. Cause I mean, wh- where, who do you realistically see Vandy getting that's better than this? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a good hire. I mean, I, I think he's coached under some good coaches, um, especially Brian Kelly. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, Mike Elko, um, he coached under, I, I think, I think this is going to be announced very soon probably after the ACC championship game and I think he will opt in to coaching Notre Dame in the playoffs if they make it there yeah um, if they make a bowl game maybe not I, I don't know how that will really work but he's 38 he's a young coach Brandon and you got to get some juice in the program I mean this Vandy program is getting outsold by opponents in their own home stadium yeah that's true cannot have LSU they, they drank them dry at like noon Cannot happen. So on a scale of one to ten, Brandon, Clark Lee to Vandy, rate it. I honestly for Vandy, I'd give this like like an eight point six, like eight point seven, something like that. It, I had it's, it. A, it's, I had it a nine. As I mean, it's not a ten. It's not like that. Wow, they stole Dallas Swinney for Clemson, <laughs> right? But like, it's it's the best Vandy could do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, realistically. And honestly, I mean, I'm giving them an 86 out of 100 right there. I think that's a really good hire for them. Um, he said 86 out of 100. I, I have a different scale than Zach, sure. Oh, my goodness. But, guys, last segment here today, man, we got the college football playoff outlook. Brandon, has yours changed any from last week? I'm assuming it has to with Florida taking the L to your LSU Tigers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And I think my hatred for, for Ohio State is, has grown a little bit. I It does not sit well with me that the rules were changed for them to make it into the Big Ten Championship. Uh, that's like, it just seems like the most blatant money grab of all time. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think my top four remains the same. Ohio State's very close to being out, uh, in my opinion. 
Uh, it depends on how how well they play against Northwestern this upcoming weekend, I guess. I mean, that's not like the, the highest bar in the world. Like, it doesn't seem like much of a challenge. It's still Northwestern. But, I mean, I get that. And people talk about, by the way, people talk about Northwestern like they aren't a good team. Like, weren't they in the Big Ten Championship two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, so this is, I mean, this is their second Big Ten Championship in three years. So, yeah. oh, Northwestern, ooh. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're a pretty good team. Uh, like, they're getting, they're being, they're a better program than they were 10 seasons ago. Anyway, back back to relevance. I think my top four remains the same. I've I've still got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Uh, Cincinnati for me, even though they didn't play this weekend, I think that they are so close to that fourth spot for me. I don't know why. I have them ranked above Texas A&M still. Texas A&M still hasn't wowed me. And Florida, obviously, has just dropped way out. Oh, man. Yeah, I think Florida dropped out of the top ten this week in the AP, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, Coastal Carolina's ninth in the AP poll. That's look, they're finally getting a little bit of respect. Uh, dude, listen. So, in a New Year's Six ball, who do you want to see Coastal Carolina matched up with? Um, ooh, that's tough. Uh, I honestly, I could see them playing like Iowa State, maybe. I mean, I see that. What do you think? I mean. Iowa Dude. State, by the way, Iowa State is getting entirely too much credit right now. They are rolling. Um, makes it. They're, they're going to get beat this weekend, so it doesn't really matter. But If they get beat next weekend, I mean, and they put, they're going to jump Oklahoma up to the moon. Oh, I know. I know. And then in that case, I guess, you know what? I just want to see Coastal Carolina play the Big 12 champion is, is what I'll say. Either Iowa State or Oklahoma, one of those. Yeah, I don't want to see them play Georgia because Georgia's rolling right now. Georgia might put a million on them. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, you're right. Well, they finally put JT Daniels in. That's yeah, how fair. it happened. <laughs> true. Um, but hey, he shaved a mustache too, by the way. So that's true. This, that's true. This JT Daniels might have just unlimited power. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so I think it's pretty clear, Brandon. Bama's in, regardless. Yeah. I think. Um, I think Notre Dame's in if they win regardless. I, I know they're in if they win regardless. Um, if they lose, that's where it gets iffy. I think Ohio State winning or in. If Ohio State loses, they're going to have to be out. If they get in and lose, I, I'm going to rage on this podcast. We're putting, we are putting explicit in, this, in that episode, and I am <laughs> raging. I am getting canceled that episode. And I think Clemson, they win, they're in. But if they lose, they're definitely out. But, Brandon, what happens – if Notre Dame loses, Clemson wins. I mean, are you still putting? Are you putting Notre Dame in over A and M, or are you putting Notre Dame in over Cincinnati, or vice versa? That's that's such a tough call. Um, I I think I do put Notre Dame in over a one loss Texas A and M, even though that one loss was to Alabama, but they got beat pretty handily by Alabama. Um, and they haven't won a ton, of, a ton of other games very convincingly. Uh, I guess that LSU win, that 14 point, or not 14, uh, that that whatever it was, whatever that win was, looks a little bit better now that that Florida lost LSU. Yeah, um, it still doesn't look good. Um, I don't know. In my opinion, I mean, I I think I put Cincinnati in over over Texas A&M a hundred yeah. times out of a hundred. Um, and honestly, I mean, if Notre Dame loses, 
I don't know. I don't know what you'd have to do. It depends on the score. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it, if they play no, if they play Clemson close and they lose, you know, if they lose by like a score or less, I think you still have to sneak them in there. But uh, I mean, if they get blown out, sure, drop them out. Let's see. Let's see some chaos ensue. Let's put Cincinnati in there. I mean. In a COVID year where you're trying to drive ratings, why not just give it a shot, right? That's what I'm saying. Do you saying. really want to see AM and Alabama play for the second time? No. No, not at all. Do you want to see do you want to see Notre Dame and Clemson play for the third time? I will I will end my life. <laughs> <laughs> I will be so upset. Cause if Clemson wins, it very well could happen. Yeah, I know. Oh man, I, I don't know. I think I think if if everyone wins in the like if Ohio State, Bama, Clemson win, I think Notre Dame would drop to four. Clemson would be three, so it'd be Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, I'd be pissed if it was a third game for them. But I don't want to see. I don't. I don't think A and M has anything to offer Alabama. No, they don't. And listen, do I think Cincinnati beats Alabama? No, oh, I don't. Absolutely not. I am not. I am not that out of my mind. But would I be more excited just on the off chance Cincinnati wins than I would be AM? Absolutely. <laughs> a million percent. I would be way more excited for Bama Cincinnati than AM Bama part two. Right. <laughs> just just to be honest with you. And I am dying for Clemson Ohio State part two. Yeah. That no, is I, going I... to be a game. <laughs> it is, yeah. And and really and truly, I mean, I, I, right now, Brandon, looking at the just bigger picture, I I don't I, I don't care who you put in there, I think it's Clemson and Alabama's to lose. Uh, it, okay. I mean, do you see a team that can compete with either of them realistically if they, if everybody's fully healthy? Um, no, absolutely not. I, I really I don't. Mean, I, I mean, well, I still want to give Notre Dame the benefit of the doubt. And I guess we're gonna find out this this weekend. So yeah, we'll find out in prime time this week. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be answered. Is and if listen, if Notre Dame goes out there and beats Clemson again, they deserve the number one seed. Absolutely, a million percent. I'm sorry, they I, Alabama has not beating like to beat Clemson twice in a year once with Trevor Lawrence. Like you deserve it. I'm sorry. Like I know there's gonna be some pissed off people. Yeah. I, I I just I can't see it, but we'll find out in primetime this week. I mean, A and M has a game this week, Brandon. We could just be completely overlooking it because it's Tennessee, but it's on the road, eleven a.m. in Knoxville. I mean, could A and M be looking over Tennessee? I forgot that game was happening. Um, maybe no, absolutely not. Tennessee's so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would think. Uh, yeah, I get it. And what about Cincinnati? They have a ranked game this weekend. They do. I mean, they're, they're Tulsa. Playing- they're playing their championship game again. I mean, it's against Tulsa, but Tulsa's been rolling. Yeah, and Coastal Carolina, another ranked matchup. I mean, for their conference championship. I mean, we got some big games this weekend, guys. But we'll get there. But guys, this is a wrap on this episode, man. We appreciate all y'all tuning in. It was an amazing weekend of college football. Big things happening. We are going to update the coaching carousel. We got college football playoff rankings up up next episode. We got gambling corner. We got pick six, which is going to probably be pick 12 with this weekend with conference championships and everything going on. We'll keep you guys updated on on all that. Instagram at the underscore blue bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods. 
Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod, the Blue Bloods CFB Podcast on YouTube, the Blue the BlueBloodsPod.com, our website. Go check all that out. You already know the whole deal. But Brandon, I promise you you could take the outro this week. But guys, we'll be back later this week, and I'll go ahead and let Brandon play us out. It's pretty out.